In this episode, we talk overachieving teams, shining young stars, we get back to our gambling roots, and remember a mid-90s sitcom star. Welcome to Dimes. Welcome back into the Dimes Pod, everybody. I am your co-host, Carter. With me, as always, my co-host, JR. JR, a full week of basketball has exploded in our face. What was your favorite moment of this first week? My favorite moment of this first week was when I realized that there is a little bit of a limit to the amount of basketball that I can watch. I definitely needed a night off. I needed to take a rest, rest my sore (laughs) knees and ankles like a lot of the stars are right now. We're jumping back in tonight. It is a lot. My iPad has to be charged basically constantly nowadays as I'm just getting home, watching games on League Pass. Shout out Trailblazers. We're going to talk about them a little later. I love, I mean, really just shout out like Root Sports, which is the Trailblazers, like their Bally Sports, their regional network. A lot of graphics talk so far on the Dimes pod. We talked about ESPN's graphic at the bottom a couple weeks ago. Roots, it's off to the left. It's not (laughs) even centered. It's just far bottom left. Nothing ever happens in the far bottom left. I'd love to see it there. Now, that's not really fire or ice. It's just a preference of mine. Let's get to fire or ice. JR, I heard you had a very icy or fiery thing to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, this is coming out of Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns in a postgame presser was talking about how teammate Anthony Edwards likes mm-hmm. to eat some fast food, including Popeyes and other, other fast food establishments. Carl Anthony Towns decided to say that that's on him, he's going to talk to him because that's not how an elite athlete keeps up his body, and that's on him. Is there a little trouble in the locker room, Carter? (laughs) That is... Wow, not how an elite athlete... I saw the headline of this, but man, that has some... That's a little dig there. I mean, I guess if you're friends and you're just trying to rile each other up, that's one thing to do, but like... I'm pretty sure Anthony Edwards is the most elite athlete I've seen. And Carl (laughs) Anthony Towns is kind of a slow, lumbering, big loser. So maybe the secret is in Two Piece Tuesday at Popeye's. 99 (laughs) cents for two pieces of chicken. You get your biscuit. You get a second biscuit. You get a drink out of there for five bucks. At least that was the special when I was in high school. Maybe it's $1.29 now with inflation. But this is... This is ice if this is the thing that takes down the timberwolves then they might be like pure gasoline the most flammable thing possible this has got to be ice i have to agree it's ice like you said maybe cat should go to popeyes with anthony edwards maybe that is the secret because as you said he's the most explosive athlete definitely on that team um 
Now, this was coming after Anthony Edwards had started the season kind of struggling a little bit, not shooting super well. I think he kind of redeemed himself. Uh, what was it last night? So maybe this is completely put to bed, but I just thought that was funny. <laughs> it is very funny, especially when it's like pointed at Edwards, like we're saying, who just spent the middle part of the offseason like saying, hey, I could be in the NFL also. He's always <laughs> right. seen how he's just like the craziest beast of all completely different than Popeyes and the Timberwolves on our rival podcast, the Bill Simmons podcast. He broke some news, loves talking team ownership and money, and he's in the rich guy circle. And he says that Barack Obama is interested in becoming the face of one of these many ownership groups that are going to buy the Phoenix Suns. I feel like there's just a lot more of that existing now ownership groups because how many people exist that can be like here is four billion dollars like one human being being like here's four bill that doesn't already own one of these teams so fire or ice like (laughs) barack obama is this gonna happen is this fire or is this ice is just bill simmons just saying obama because you said it a lot honestly he talks about him being the commissioner of the league. He talks about him trying to buy the Bulls. Is this fire or ice? Yeah, the fire might be between Bill Simmons and Obama if we're really <laughs> talking about it. But when I heard this, I'm always kind of confused with how much money some politicians have. I'm always surprised maybe that he could even consider becoming a part of something like this. I mean, he was a former president, but I'm like, I don't know. Does that I don't know how much that pays. Does he have a billion dollars? I don't know. Is Barack Obama a billionaire, fire or ice? <laughs> There's no way he's a billionaire. Right. And I think the keyword there is face of the group. I think he might be putting in maybe the smallest amount, but him being there as, as like, like we just said, the face might be a really good follow up to the previous person in that spot. So this is kind of fire for me. That'd be cool. How would you feel if you're in your ownership meeting and it's like you... And Peter Holt from the Spurs and James Dolan from the Knicks. And then Barack walks in. It's like, I've stood face to face with Putin and you're saying we shouldn't lower the shot clock to 22 seconds. Are you crazy? <laughs> like... A little a little intimidating for sure. For sure. Do you, th- yeah, do you think this would change the way these league meetings go? He can't do this it's just like it's it's a downgrade you can't you can't do anything besides be president after you're president (laughs) you peaked you can't be you can't you can't (laughs) he peaked you peaked at 50 something barack sorry you peaked it's a great peak i i'd take it (laughs) (laughs) let's move on to someone else who has also certainly peaked (laughs) in the lakers infinite wisdom They invited the one, the only, Will Smith, to come speak to their team. And then they tweeted about it, like this is going to be a good idea. They tweeted, huge thanks to Will Smith as he spoke to our team today. He spoke about togetherness and practicing gratitude in this challenging time in, you know, in the wake of his new film, Emancipation. It's a picture of Will Smith talking to everybody. And... You know, everybody makes mistakes. But (laughs) if, like, the most recent thing you did publicly was, like, very 
at minimum, polarizing. You shouldn't go talk to a team that's 0-4. JR, <laughs> is this actually going to have any effect on the Lakers, fire or ice? Or do we just kind of want to talk about this to make fun of the Lakers for bringing in Will Smith? I definitely want to talk about it to make fun of them. I will say, though, I was thinking how ridiculous this was. But if I saw Will Smith right now, I think I'd be a little starstruck, even though we know what just happened. Like, I watched so many movies of him when I was a kid. Like, I love iRobot. Like, that's a weird movie. Like, <laughs> he's like, cool. He made awesome action movies. I do also want to point out that apparently this is part of an annual thing that the Lakers do called their Genius Talk series. So they bring in... <laughs> Every year, someone for a genius talk, as they like to say, um, previous guests were Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Nas. So the past couple of years, they've been getting all their motivation from this <laughs> genius talk. So maybe this is the start of something new. OK, <laughs> uh, I honestly, if they're looking for confidence, is there a more confident man on the face of the earth than Will Smith? I guess not. I guess not. <laughs> They could use, certainly use some of that. After the break, we're going to talk about some teams that are shooting the lights out and clearly are confident. As we all expected, the Portland Trailblazers are 4-1 and one and leading the Western Conference. We're going to talk about this later, but our winner, winner, chicken dinner draft, my team is currently being buoyed by the 3-1 Jazz, the 4-1 uh, Trailblazers, the Washington Wizards. All the teams I thought would be at the bottom are at the top. We're going to talk about a few of them. And basically, are they overachieving or is this signs of things to come? The Trailblazers have so far beaten the Kings, the Suns, the Lakers, and crushed the Nuggets on the back of a incredibly hot third quarter by Anthony Simons. Clay Thompson-esque. Dame Lillard just got injured in the Heat game. It looked like they were about to come back against the Heat. That's their only loss so far this season. He's out one to two weeks. Seems precautionary beginning of the season. Don't want to rush your absolute superstar back. JR, this Trailblazers team, we've talked about it before. Their starting lineup, Lillard, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic, and Josh Hart. The best rebounding guard the world has ever <laughs> seen. Does that lineup, that starting lineup only, can that stack up against the other Western Conference contenders in the long run? It's going to be tough. I wouldn't put them like at the top of that group of contenders. But if we're just looking at starting five, like you said, that's a really good starting five. And it is because Damian Lillard is one of the ultimate flamethrowers we've ever seen. It really sucks that after this incredible start, he's out for one to two weeks and he's a little bit on the older side. So that probably means closer to two than a youngster that can come back in you know, <laughs> record time. But great start. This injury does suck because getting this like foundation of wins under them would be amazing for them. Like we were talking about these, this team that we didn't think was going to be good. They're overachieving, get those overachieving wins in as quickly as possible. I think if sharp has to come in a little bit more, mm. we talked about that a little off the mic, but we are really impressed with him. Do you think 
who do you think is going to slot into that starting five? Yeah, I mean, Sharp makes a lot of sense. They also have Nasir Little, who's not, you know, a scrub. It's real easy to just put Simons at the point guard because that's basically what he plays. He just plays point guard number two next to point guard number one, Damian Lillard. <laughs> I think keeping Sharp off the bench to have that explosiveness is really exciting. He's a hyper athlete. There was no doubt about his pure talent coming out of college. It was his motivation. And to me, he looks pretty motivated. And he looks huge. And that is what the Trailblazers need is some bigger wings. Because that lineup of Lillard, Simons, and Hart. Hart rebounds like a guard. I mean, like a big man. But he doesn't defend like one. He doesn't defend like Jason Tatum. What would be sweet right now is if Gary Payton II was back yeah because that'd be perfect but he's not he's not back yet and that's the extra piece when i'm watching the trailblazers their starting lineup looks really strong and then they got shade and sharp but everyone else is like drew eubanks lots of energy <laughs> nasir little like i mentioned but if they can have peyton just that one extra guy kind of makes everything play out a little better dame and simons can split time they don't have to be together as much with Peyton back and Lillard, because we're looking big picture here, can this is this overachieving or is it not? You know, I want to see him play the Mavs. Hmm. How do you think a series like that would go right now? That's that's pretty tough. Like you said, Josh Hart doesn't really guard super well. He gets a lot of rebounds. <laughs> Who who's gonna guard Luca? You know, it's it's exciting that Damian Lillard is like the heart and soul of this team. Last year they were so bad. He played a little bit, but he was just clearly injured. This is the year that he's supposed to be fully healthy. I'm not super worried about that injury, but when he's back, that changes everything. I think they can match offensively like with the Mavs. They play really fast, kind of like you said, Sharp comes in. He's super athletic too, but the defense, I don't know where that's going to come from. Maybe Gary Payton. I think Gary Payton is the answer for Luka, a mix of that with Jeremy Grant. I don't know who's guarding Dame and Simons, though, on the other side for the Mavs. Why do I pick the Mavs? I think they could be around that four or five seed-ish with the Trailblazers. We could see them. Maybe we see them in a play-in. I don't know. The West, there's going to be lots of shuffling. There's lots of great play in the Western Conference, as we both expected. My biggest worry for the Trailblazers is actually their coach, Chauncey Billups. I've already shouted out the graphics department of Root Sports. Let me shout out the announcing team of Kevin Calabro and the other guy's name. The other guy was like, oh, Dame. I was watching the Heat game last night. Dame's calling a play and Chauncey kind of like waved it off. He said, no, 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 do this play. And the announcer says, Let, let's see. Let's see what Chauncey decided to call. Let's see what matchup he's excited to exploit. And he calls an Anthony Simons on Bam Adebayo ISO. <laughs> that was the play that Billups called. Unless Simons completely ignored what Billups said. But it went horribly because Bam Adebayo is one of the best defenders of all positions in the league. He just kind of stopped Simons from doing anything. Simons didn't even attempt to get up the shot. And the announcer didn't really know how to react. He was like, oh... All right, guess he saw something there. So <laughs> I think they're winning despite of Billups right now. 
I don't know how much tactician stuff he's adding to this team. It's really on the back of Dame. If they can win in these one to two weeks without Dame, now it's like, oh, like, is this team ready? Is this team ready to explode? Do they just have more talent in their starting lineup than the Mavs, than possibly even the Grizzlies? That is a super good comparison because you alluded to like where they're going to fall in the standings, who they're going to play. If they get anywhere close to the play-in, which we're thinking maybe if they keep winning, they'll be higher than that. But if they're in a play-in, guess who you don't want to face at all in a one-game elimination is Damian Lillard. If the Blazers are in the play-in, Adam Silver keeps winning because it's like he the play-in has featured Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, <laughs> Damian Lillard. Like, how is it never just like four crap teams? I don't know, but... I hope for my winner, winner, chicken dinner draft, and also the Trailblazers, who are w- without the as many championships, one of those teams in league history that is just c- continually good, doesn't tank very often, and puts forward a solid product for all those late night NBA viewers as they're starting on West Coast time. I love Portland. It's a great city, and Dame wants to be there despite all reports from outside of his camp or outside of the city. Everyone wants him to leave so bad. He's never wavered. He wants to be there. I think he likes this team. He's probably excited to be back playing basketball. What do you think their ceiling is so far? The teams that I've seen that are just definitely better than them in the Western Conference are the Warriors, despite the record, and the Suns. And that's it. Right, so far that are like clearly better than them. Yeah, so I mean, three, four, five, somewhere around there. I don't know. Clippers, hey, Kawhi, play three consecutive games because you need to play four consecutive games <laughs> to sweep somebody in the playoffs. So can can you give me that, Kawhi, before we anoint you? Zion and Brandon Ingram, just as the Pelicans train was getting going, both injured. I think they're both will come back on Friday, but they're still questionable, both of them. And the Nuggets, you got to stop somebody. Talk about a team that's bad at defense. You let little 6-1 Anthony Simons fly all over you. You don't got one guy to put on him. You can't lock him down with Bruce Brown or Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I love the Nuggets. I'm rooting for the Nugs. But it's important to win games, Nuggets. If you're trying to be the first seed in the conference, if you're trying to dominate the Western Conference, you can't lose to the Trailblazers. It's not like that. Not when you have the MVP and Jamal Murray's back. and I think the ceiling for the Trailblazers is a home court advantage in the playoffs. From So far from what we've seen, you're right. That Nuggets game was really telling. Again, we're super early in the series when they when these teams have 50, 60, 70 games done. Maybe everything will average out more to what we thought we would see. But they were not afraid. They're going up against the two-time MVP, this team that's supposed to be back in full force going for a one or two seed and they weren't scared at all. The whole time we were thinking maybe the Nuggets are going to come back in the second half. Um, couldn't do it. So that was a great showing. That was a pretty good telling game for what the Trailblazers can do. I mentioned this last year, or just thought this last year, really. And this idea of just belief. Belief in your team. Belief that your superstar can carry you. That's what the Grizzlies had last year. The Grizzlies were like, Jaws are superstar work a killer team on defense, we're going to keep winning games. Even though 
I mean, they were the surprise team. Nobody thought they were getting home court advantage last year, the Grizz. Who has more belief in themselves than Damian Lillard? Right. He has annihilated teams out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Anthony Simons has been training beneath this guy for like five years, and now he finally gets to start. Nurkic will punch <laughs> a steel beam if it looks at him the wrong way. Yeah. Jeremy Grant is a league MVP in waiting. <laughs> And Josh Hart will take a rebound directly out of his mother's hands. This squad has fire. And Chauncey Billups, big game Billups? I've completely blanked (laughs) on his nickname. mm, What is his nickname? (laughs) If if you remember Billups' nickname, tweet at us or email us. Shout out Evan for emailing me when I forgot fantasy managers. Not owners, managers. That's what I was trying to think of the other day. Shout out, Evan. Thanks for emailing dimespot at gmail.com. We're talking about belief. We're talking about overachieving. I think we're both landing on the side of the Trailblazers just might be good. Yeah, the starting five, undeniable. That's a great That's a great team. And guess who plays the most? Your starting five. So they are just good. <laughs> it's a lock. Another team that we're questioning, are they overachieving? Do they have that belief? Can they get behind their superstar or possibly two superstars is the Washington Wizards. Why why stop at two? Maybe three. They got a health <laughs> they got a healthy roster, starting off with Bradley Beal. You got his right hand man Kuzma, who's currently leading that team in scoring by just a hair. And then you got the finally healthy unicorn, Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> Pro or con Porzingis' beard. Con. I like his clean shaven. <laughs> That's not stopping him from winning. How are the Wizards getting it done this year so far, JR? When when I'm watching these games and looking at their stats and everything, you wouldn't think that it's their defense, maybe that is what's like winning them this games, but they are top five in defensive rating right now. They are uh currently three and one. They've beaten the Pacers, the Bulls, and the Pistons. Um, so the Pacers and Pistons maybe not super great. They're one loss. Came to the Cavs, a very good team. Uh, And that was the game that Kuzma only had, I think, 11 points. So his worst scoring game, they kind of deserved that one. But they got off this hot start because of their defense. Beal and Kuzma are scoring about 20 and a half points per game each. Kuzma, 21. So it's kind of sharing the rock a little bit between them two and the Porzingis cleaning everything up. What What did you expect them to be good at going into this season? 100% 100% scoring. Yep. I thought, like, best case scenario, we were the everybody eats wizards again, where they're just moving the ball. Beal can score like an alpha, but doesn't really behave like an alpha. He's never had a problem with other people scoring. He got on the team, and it was John Wall's team. So I thought, best case scenario, they got Monty Morris is their point guard, Kuzma, a bunch of young wings, and Beal kind of steadying them and hitting the big shots when they need it. But it looks like Kuzma's kind of that 1B, maybe 1A. So I thought they were going to be scoring machines, but this defense is shot coming out of nowhere for me. Yeah, one of these countless young Lakers that the that team just gave <laughs> away. Kuzma is 6'11", and his like ability to just get to the rim, he like can kind of shoot the three but he's like super quick for that size his like scoring at the rim numbers this year so far are incredible um i think one of the one of their wins he only took shots at the rim and like didn't miss 
Um, so that's an incredible, you know, I'll say it, 1B. Beal is like clearly has the capability to score 30 plus points average for a season, but he's pretty in the low 20s right now. But I think having a big man like Kuzma who can get to the rim next to Porzingis who can really space the floor um, to your point opens up their offense. They haven't really got it going with the rest of their squad. It's really the three of them. I think they're pretty solidly in the bottom half uh, on the offensive side this year. (laughs) Um, But the guy that I didn't expect to have such a big impact on the defensive side of the year uh, of the court is Denny Avdia. Really? Our boy Denny's locking down D. He is. He's not doing too good on the offensive side. Again, it's really just the other three. But he is the guy that they want to be guarding, the best player on the other team. Um, I kind of went through just to see. I listed off the games they had so far, but his defensive assignments have been Halliburton, DeMar DeRozan, Donovan Mitchell, and Cade Cunningham so far. Wow, those are four wildly different scouting reports. Exactly. And like players that have the ball a lot, you're going to be on ball guarding them a lot, kind of really test like, hey, this guy's going to have the ball a lot. We need to have someone on them that can stay in front of them. And the Wizards were like, it's Denny. No question. (laughs) Everyone knows it's Denny. I kind of want to go back to this Kuzma Kristaps thing. Kristaps won it out of Dallas because he wasn't getting used the way he wanted to be used. He needed the ball with a little more time. He didn't want to be that outside three shooting guy is Kuzma just nicer than Luca or like is Kristaps going to be okay with being a three-point shooter now I think that wow I never thought about Luca being nice or not I don't know that it's like nice necessarily I think what's important to Porzingis having followed him pretty closely from the Knicks to the Mavs now to the Wizards he wants to feel like he's very important to the team. And I think because the three of them are really sharing the rock a lot, not like one of them doesn't have 30 and Porzingis isn't scoring like 12. They're really sharing. I think it's important for him to feel like he's a really valuable member of the squad. And no matter how nice Luca was, Porzingis, 10 out of 10 times, Luca's shooting the ball. You should never shoot it if you got Luca on the court. <laughs> so I think just the fit yeah. is way better for Porzingis. And then... His mindset's better, and he plays a little bit better. The reason I didn't want to just brush Jenny to the side, but the reason I'm talking about this is even if he is this lockdown defender, you still got B.O. Kristaps and Kuz, who are not defense-first guys. So four games in with playing maybe some of the worst offenses in the league, I think it's boosting that defense thing. If this team wants to go far, if this isn't an overachieving team and this is going to be a playoff quality squad it's gonna have to be with some offense right? yeah for sure i mean the rest of their bench players aren't defensive studs either they have monte morris uh will barton just guys that have never Ooh. never played defense really <laughs> i mean the long tenured guys in the league never played defense so yeah i would love to see beal's numbers get up closer to that 30 mark we know he's capable of it even if it might <laughs> anger porzingis a little bit <laughs> but yeah I think I think Beal can take their offense to the next level. He has to be their Dame. 
right? And Kuzma can be there. And Trailblazers want Jeremy Grant to be there, Kuzma. Because Kuzma's good. I really didn't believe all last year. I was like, no way. Kuzma ain't good. This is good stats, bad team guy. But he could be this new alpha on the Wizards. I'll ask you the same question you asked me. What's the wizard ceiling? I'm not quite as high on this Wizards team as we were when we were talking about the Trailblazers. Um, the over-under for the Wizards was 35 and a half, I believe, which is pretty low. I think that they can get above that, but I think that if they can get... Gosh, there's a lot of really good teams in the league. I think maybe the sixth seed is like really high. If Beal can really get his scoring up and really lead that team the way that he has um in the past but like you said their defense is kind of being bloated by who they've played it looks really good now but when they start playing these better teams that has to go down if they get their offense going there's still a pretty low ceiling on this team maybe but maybe i'd like <laughs> home court is out of the question what do you think yeah i, I agree beal's not dame yeah and the Wizards' ceiling for me is playing team and then scrappy first round out. I just don't believe it yet. I've seen Dame be the best player on a conference finals team. Yep. I've never seen Beal get close. So Beal's got to up his three-point shooting, create more space for all the other wings. And honestly, if the Wizards are ready to compete, they got a package, Kispert, Denny, Rui, two or three of those guys to go get maybe somebody off the jazz. I mean, just double down on offense. Go get Clarkson. You know, there's a very available big and wing down in San Antonio. <laughs> a little Yaka Pertle, Josh Richardson action. You want Dougie McBuckets? You know, just package up some guys. Because... You have Beal and Kuzma. Don't get stuck in the 10-11 range of the draft. Go for it. Kuzma's young. Beal's not old. And you just paid him the Supermax. So <laughs> their ceiling is low right now. But if you know somebody's got to be the healthiest team in the league, why can't it be the Wizards? Wright just got injured, who ESPN called their best perimeter defender. I disagree. I just learned some great yeah. stuff about Denny. <laughs> Exactly. I would disagree as well. Prime trade candidate team. Why not try to be good? You haven't tried it in a long time, Wizards. Maybe you have tried it. Has it gone well this year? Possibly. Start off with a three and one start, Wiz. You can do it. After this break, we're going to talk about some players who've gone off to extremely hot starts. knew this year was going to be filled with killer talent and it has not disappointed yet these young guys these young stars under 27s have been crushing it lifting their teams and making the very early mvp conversation hot let's start with devin booker on the phoenix suns 
Chris Paul has not been great. Booker has tried to crush all Phoenix Suns worries so far. How exactly has Booker been doing? So four games in, he's sitting at 32.5 points per game, three rebounds, 5.8 assists. He's getting 1.3 steals and shooting almost 50% from the three-point line. So he is just on a heater to start the year so far. He's the alpha of the team. He took his team. He went up against Luka and the Mavs, and he won. He went up against the Warriors and got cool Clay Thompson his first NBA ejection. And after the game, they asked Devin Booker, and he said, I love Clay." That's what he said. Like, it's. I love Devin Booker, and not just because he's on my fantasy team. That is just the coolest response that you could possibly have. He knows he's lighting it up on the court. And after in the post game, he's just like, hey, we're we're friends. You know, like, I'm not even worried about anything. Like, he just like, like you said, he's the alpha. He has the cool factor going on and he's backing it up in every way possible through the first few games here. Devin Booker is putting himself into that upper echelon of players, whatever top tier he's there because it, Chris Paul has not been doing it. And the sun start of the season as a house of cards. If they were in the Lakers position right now and they were Owen four, I mean, Mikael Bridges trade talk. Aiton can't be traded yet, but like, it would just be so much worse. But because he has been better than great, that conversation hasn't been happening. The conversation that's been happening is, oh, even if they're a little bit worse, they won 64 games last year. You can be a little bit worse and be the number one team in the Western Conference still. Yeah. As long as you can beat the Portland Trailblazers some <laughs> nights. <laughs> no, it's it's crazy. We talked a lot of shit about this team. Over the offseason, I thought that this was going to be a season from hell worse than clearly what they've shown. Um, but Booker seemed to have really like internalized all of that, what happened in the playoffs. And again, I'm just going to repeat myself again. He's just like out for blood. He is looking better than I ever thought he was going to look. Because this is a guy who like five years ago scored 70 in a game. Like we've always known that he can score. But he's leading this team. Um, and I think it's kind of helping mask their Aiton issues. They're like Jay Crowder wanting to leave. All these issues, it's really helping mask. And they're one of the teams that we were saying, like, they're better than the Trailblazers. They're definitely in that top tier. This Jay Crowder thing, also, I'm glad you brought it up. When he gets traded, they're getting someone back. That's what trades work, right? Like, so they don't even have that extra wing piece. So obviously the team they trade him to isn't going to want to give a Jay Crowder quality player up because they're needing that role filled. But if they get just another guard to continue alleviating Chris Paul with campaign there, this Suns team, I just winning solves everything and Booker's a stone cold winner. Ja Morant. I like we need to come up with a name for the thing that he does when he just flies <laughs> and does a two-handed block. He's like, I'm gonna block it with both hands. I could just do it with one. I could do it with my belly button. That's how freaking <laughs> high I am up off the ground. But the Jamarant block 
I mean, I was seven and eight whenever LeBron James was first in the league and doing all of his insane chase downs. Obviously, we saw the one in the finals, but like, how can you attempt a breakaway layup when John Morant is in the building? Yeah, if you know he's on the court with you, you can't possibly truly believe that you're going to score. <laughs> you can go up as hard as you want to. He's faster than everyone. He can jump higher than everyone. He's already perfected the timing on these chase down blocks. Very LeBron-esque. Um, we talk a lot about Evan and Soph. They went to school. Memphis watch a lot of their games and I'm so glad they went to school there because I get to watch job ja be incredible every night. He's in the echelon of Derrick Rose of young Westbrook, these athletes that are like none other. Without Jaron Jackson, this team doesn't feel like they've lost anything. Desmond Bain, for some reason to me, doesn't look like an incredible shooter. I think it's because he's muscly, like <laughs> super jacked. He's a great shooter. I mean, he's like their Clay Thompson. He really is. And jaw plus just the feeling of the the vibe of the Grizzlies has not tapered from last year because they didn't do anything last year. And I'm glad they're not celebrating like these some of these second round teams. We're like, yeah, we made it. The Grizzlies know they haven't done anything. If this team doesn't do anything, they're not going down in the history books. Right? Like, Ja is there. He is the perfect guy for Memphis. And I can't wait to see more of him. This is really just compliment city right now. All these young stars shining. For Ja, JR, the one thing you specifically said that he needed was to add that three. Yep. Has he added that three this year? He has added that three. He is shooting. Honestly, I think I saw he's shooting close to 60% from three right now, <laughs> which <laughs> is like in if Steph shot that, the world would be losing their mind. Like Steph doesn't shoot anywhere close to 60% either, mainly because of his volume. But if he can keep that up, even if he loses 20% on that, that's way better than what he was doing before. Um. He's just scoring at all levels, like one of these elite scores. Now we were saying he missed it last year, missed the three point shooting, but now he seems to have it. He can score from anywhere. He can get anywhere around any defender. I mean, this is incredible. I will say of the guys that we're going to talk about, he is leading them all in scoring with thirty five and a half points per game so far. OK, <laughs> shout out Allen Iverson. Right exactly <laughs> that's incredible let's go to the last guard on this list donovan mitchell the savvy vet of this crew but holding the calves up as garland is still out with this eye injury yep <laughs> and i am i'm loving every minute of it on my fantasy team over here <laughs> how exactly how much weight is this guy holding for the calves offensively He's holding a lot. He's at uh, 28 and a half points per game, five rebounds, doing a lot of the distributing work as well. He's at 7.3 assists per game and pretty active with his hands, two steals. So he's doing it all. The question a lot of pundits and analysts put forward was, can Mitchell go back to his defensive roots? He was a defensive player in college. 
Don't ask me why, but I know he was on an all-ACC defensive team. <laughs> Shout out Ben Lammers. If you're listening out in Germany, Alamo Heights, get your mules up. Go mules. And Mitchell, I know steals aren't a perfect indicator of defense, but it's that energy you want to see on that side of the ball. And that's what Mitchell brings to the Cavs, is just an electric energy that I can't wait to see in the playoffs. He just seems rejuvenated, right? Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. I want to see him in the playoffs already. I know the season just started, but this is a guy who has given us like, this is without hyperbole, like all time playoff performances already in his career. So like that, the more the more games they play, the more that trade looks amazing, the more this is like a perfect fit. I wonder because he's taking on a lot of the Garland um, role, a lot of his responsibility. Is he like even more locked in? I wonder when Garland comes back, is he going to relax a little bit? Is he going to stop trying maybe as hard on the defensive and he'll have to pass less? What do you think he's going to keep this focus even with Garland back? Sometimes in a regular season, obviously you don't want your guys to get hurt, but this eyelid thing is about as good an injury as you could hope for. It's nothing structural. It's nothing tendon-wise. And I think uh, with this big 82-game season, you need a little diversity, a little difference. And it's like trade for a player at the trade deadline just to mix it up to break up the monotony because you give these players Mitchell an opportunity to be like okay I can score 30 a game with this squad if I need to right so I don't think that he's taking the pedal off the metal in a bad way I think this is a great opportunity for Mitchell to say all right I don't have to do this every night Garland's going to come back. I've already proven myself to the Cavs fans and really just to myself. Can I score on this team with not one Rudy Gobert in the paint, but two, <laughs> essentially, two, two guys who are not taking threes. Mobley, obviously more offensively gifted than Gobert, but just two seven-footers in his way in the paint. Right. It's not stopping Mitchell. I, I love that point because it's like, prove it to yourself, prove it to your new team. And then Garland comes back, okay, maybe for a few weeks or whatever, let Garland get back into it, let him get into a groove. Mitchell can probably turn it back on when needed. The final young star of this crew is, I would say, the one with the most weight, even with Booker in this group. Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics have just kind of, when's the last time anyone said anything about Ime Odoko? Like, right. I mean, they've just silenced everything by Jason Tatum playing like an absolute point blank at broad daylight <laughs> superstar. Should have like played like this last June. You want to win the finals, bud. But, you know, better late than never. How is Tatum doing? Tatum is at 32 and a half points per game, 8.3 rebounds, 3.5 assists, which is pretty good for him. 1.3 blocks and 0.8 steals. So getting you over a block and almost a steal per game. Super well-rounded stat line right there. Who wants to play the Celtics? Who's like, hooray. And this is when Kawhi is healthy. It's like, oh, well, this sucks. <laughs> I have to be guarded by Kawhi this whole time. It's like, oh, cool. I got a switch. Now it's Marcus Smart guarding me. 
Now it's Jalen Brown. Now it's Al Horford. It all comes together with Tatum being in a world-class score. The Celtics offense gets bogged down. Don't worry. Tatum's got it. Yeah, he gets he gets better every offseason. Brown is right there. He's struggling struggling a little bit right now, but there's a clean, huge break between what Tatum does and what Brown does. Tatum, he was an elite level scorer last year, but just the way that he can get off a shot with no space. I don't really like to compare anybody to Kobe in the way that like Kobe can make these insanely contested shots, but just the amount of times that you watch him and he'll be dribbling, trying to drive to the basket. The defender actually makes a good play, makes him pick up his dribble. For a lot of players, that would be the end. Hey, let's pass it out. Let's run another shot. Tatum's like, <laughs> cool, let's stand still. I'm still going to get this shot off and probably swish it. I mean, he's probably have three inches on Kobe and Tatum's comparing himself to Kobe all the time. He's trying to be that that guy that you, it doesn't matter what you do as the defense if I want to score, it's happening. And his diversity of scoring options this year and his commitment to being a world-class three-point shooter has lifted him and the Boston Celtics offense out of the muck and into, once again, title contention. Of these four guys, Booker, Ja, Tatum, and Mitchell – who do you expect to see rise to the top of the MVP conversation? I think the easy answer is Tatum. All these guys are incredible, but with Tatum doing, he is a notch above these other guys. But I will say the guy that I think can possibly reach his level based on what we've seen so far is Ja Morant. If he can really lock mm. down on the defensive side without losing too much of what he's doing right now, I mean, there's not a there's not a better point guard playing right now. Wow. Big talk from a Grizzlies adjacent fan. I hope these guys battle it out, all four of them, in the MVP conversation. After this break, like I said, we're getting back to our gambling roots. So pull out the checkbook, folks, and get ready. segment name pending primetime picks maybe friday bank shot let us know what you think if you got a great name or a pod for the people we just want to make the best product for everybody if you got a great name let us know at dimes pod on twitter what we're going to do is real simple folks we're going to keep track of it throughout the season we're going to pick the two espn primetime games we're going to pick the line and we're going to say which side we want to be on up and then as a little tiebreaker, Jar and I will pick a separate game, a third wild card to kind of help us stay separate because maybe we're both just super good at gambling and pick the same spread every single week. <laughs> we'll start off the first game on ESPN tomorrow, Pacers at Wizards, Wizards minus five and a half. So for the Wizards to win, they have to win by six points or more to win this bet. Jar, what side did you land on here? 
not only because we talked about them in this pod, but I am taking the Wizards minus five and a half. I think that each game, that trio, Porzingis, Beal, and Kuzma just gets better. And I like them a lot against this pretty bad Pacers team. Completely agree. Gotta go Wiz here. I don't have to go Wiz. I have to pick the Wizards (laughs) right here. And the Pacers... No, come on. I mean, I'm just going to pick against the Pacers, really, no matter how big the line is at this point of the season. You got a team who wants to win versus a team who doesn't. You never know who's going to sit for the Pacers or any of these tanking teams. Got to go Wiz. Next up, Pelicans at Suns. The late game, it's Suns minus five and a half. Possibly no Zion. Possibly no Brandon Ingram. We'll see. But you know who's going to play? Little Jose Alvarado. <laughs> Can we talk about the Pelicans' scrappy fight against the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs last year? I think this Pelicans team is ready to get under their skin. They have some confidence. They don't even have to win. Pelicans plus five and a half. Wow. I like that reasoning a lot, but don't know if Zion's going to play. Don't know if Ingram's going to play. <laughs> I'm going to take the red hot Devin Booker like we just talked about. They're going to win by at least six. Yeah, that is what I worried about. It's like maybe Jose Alvarado doesn't have to shut down Chris Paul, or maybe that doesn't even matter because Devin Booker's a superstar. <laughs> but you get, you get to play plus five and a half now. Maybe Zion comes back. Get a little spicy. We'll see. I'm sticking with the Pels, though. JR picking the Suns for my Carter's special pick. You know, listener... That myself and the group, we love a home dog. <laughs> a home team that is an underdog. Home dog. Hornets at Magic. Magic plus two and a half. This team is due for a win. So thanks for just also giving me two and a half wiggle room points. Gotta pick the Orlando Magic. Haven't won yet. They will beat the Hornets. No LaMelo ball. Paolo Banquero is going to take Kelly Oubre out to the woodshed and score his like sixth consecutive 20 point game. (laughs) That magic plus two and a half. That is incredible. The magic are not even that bad, but they have like six players injured right now. So that's got to be the reason for them being the dogs, right? Missing Suggs. Yes. But like the Hornets, come on. And the magic are at home. It's just eventually they have to win a game, right? I like it. I like the pick. Everyone loves a home dog. (laughs) Loves a home dog! All right, JR, what's your special pick? My special pick is a little bit of a homer pick. Oh. We got the Spurs playing the Bulls. The Spurs are four and a half point underdogs. I am going to ride this Spurs heater wave until it ends. (laughs) I am taking the Spurs all day against DeMar DeRozan. Spurs plus four and a half at home. Home dogs? Home dogs. We love a home dog pick. <laughs> we do love a home dog for Victor, for Mr. Dubs. I hope the Bulls win. And also for my record in this little game we play, I hope the Bulls win. But they can still win. And the Spurs cover. That's the beauty of the plus four and a half. That's primetime picks. That's Friday bank shot. That's whatever we decide to call it. Thanks for being here on day one, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not day one, but another classic segment. It's buzzer beater time. 
And JR's feeling hot. All right. So Los Angeles has a basketball team called the Lakers, and they're struggling. They're struggling because a lot of reasons, but one very special reason. His name is Russell Westbrook. He's playing a lot. He's not playing well at all. He's a big reason why they're losing. I think it is very fair that we're putting so much weight on their struggles on Russell Westbrook. Teams aren't really trading for him right now. They don't know what they want to give up for him. He's so, so bad. And I think all these bad teams are looking at it the wrong way. When Russell Westbrook plays, your team does bad. If the goal of a team, a tanking team, like the Spurs, the Jazz, the Pacers, if they want to be bad, who's the best player in the league to have on your team? (laughs) Russell Westbrook. (laughs) So I don't see why one of those teams wouldn't trade for him immediately. Hey, honestly, don't even have to give us your first round picks in 27 uh, because we're going to get the first pick this year. (laughs) If Russell Westbrook comes, we're not buying him out. He's starting all of our games. He's playing crunch time. He's going to take a contested mid-range jumper with 18 seconds left in the shot clock when we have a chance to win. I think it's a no-brainer if you're going for Wimbanyama to get that guy on your team. I think you just Damian Lillard buzzer-beated a whole (laughs) franchise. He's so bad. He's good. (laughs) If you break it down, it's so simple. It's right in front of us. It's happening every night the Lakers play. (laughs) Who's the worst team in the league right now? The Los Angeles Lakers. You don't even need to buy them out if that's what you're worried about, folks. What a buzzer beater from JR. Hopefully you enjoyed the whole pod as much as I just enjoyed a groundbreaking moment in NBA history from my good friend JR. If you like this podcast, please let us know by following. Maybe tell a friend about it. Maybe they like basketball or 80s music, or maybe they just like us. We're likable, guys. If you're more into fantasy basketball, check out the Fantasy Zone. JR, thank you for coming on as our first guest in the Fantasy Zone as we just worshipped your fantasy team, (laughs) as it has Donovan Mitchell and Paolo Banchero. Huevos Bancheros, your team name. Yeah. World class, as always. It's a great team name uh, because Paolo is cooking all day on the court. So (laughs) he's whipping up those huevos banqueros right there. (laughs) That's, God, I just, there's nothing else to add. JR, thanks so much for just talking basketball with me every week. It's just a pleasure. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. And we will talk to you next week, listeners. Thank you.